You are listening to Is There an Echo in Here? A podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen. Welcome, 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 friends. Welcome. welcome. This is a very special slash not very special at all episode. Um, it's episode nine, and I am sick. <laughs> I've been sick for like a month. It Do you want me to like. lower this microphone so you don't have to stand on your tippy toes? <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I just didn't want to put out like... Uh, a brand new episode with a bunch of snot stuck in my sinuses. We almost lost Courtney there. It's been like a month and a half, <laughs> let me tell you. I think I'm allergic to... Wintertime. Uh, Wintertime in Western North Carolina. Something in the forest is making me have really bad allergies. So what we did was we took this really, really old episode that's been in the vault where we discuss various Liverpool bands and kind of do a general overview of the scene in Liverpool. And this like was one can, of the first things we did yeah, yeah. early on in our podcast. Uh, we were learning about Liverpool and we wanted to like just get a feel for like their contemporaries and stuff. We don't mention Crucial 3 in this episode, nor do we mention Echo and the Bunnymen because... Um, it's about context, people. It's about context and it we're going to talk about them a lot coming soon, I swear you to the bunny gods. You are an actor in the world. History yeah. is not... A spectator sport, you know, like the, the, you are within it, and we need to understand Echo and the Bunnymen as being within a context, okay? Right, and you know, we do have our whole lives ahead of us to talk about them, but um, I'm getting really desperate to put out an episode that's exclusively about <laughs> them. However, this episode, I think personally, is like the funniest episode that this we've ever like done. This is waiting for Godot. I think it's, I love this episode. I was waiting to put it out, you know, like maybe in a you know, like episode 14 or something as like a little breather. But this episode, this one, yeah. and Shane hasn't heard it, but I spent a lot of time, you know, editing it and it's stuff. It's very a long funny time. if I remember. It, I um, love it. Yeah. I, y'all will love it too. Um, and you know, we're going to talk about, like, we do hot takes, there's a hot take section, yeah. there's a preview just so you want, so you go further than this intro. We get, yeah. we listen to many different bands. Yeah, Courtney plays me bands. I've never heard Icicle before works. for the first time. And I give a hot take. It's immaterial, like all the all the bands, and um, so we're gonna we're gonna get that going very soon. And should we give the one little bit of, of breaking news though, just for the bunny fans, even though it's be I have breaking a stuffy nose? I have no idea what it is. Let's go. This just in. Now, if you know. Ian McCulloch, lead singer of Echo and the Bunnymen, A.K.A. Mac the Mouth. That he got that name, Mac the Mouth, in part because of his hatred for Bono and U2. And because oh, of his propensity damn. to talk mad shit about them constantly. All right, let me give you a little context, a little information. Um, let me give you an example. So um, this is an article uh, called, e, uh, <laughs> called Echo and the Bunnymen's Ian McCulloch. Let's rip. 
and it's by Ed Power, and it was in um, The Independent. And in it, he says, quote, I've always thought he was a cunt, offered the singer, and he's referring to Bono, a real proper one. Had he been in Liverpool, he would have been laughed out of the place. You two have never been liked in Liverpool. We know a fake when we see one. Got to admire his uh, just candidness <laughs> yes. about his insecurities. <laughs> exactly. So here's another one of my favorite quotes about Bono. What a gibbering leprechaunish twat. He's up to no good. He's more out of his mind than I've ever seen anybody. And that includes Mel Gibson on Letterman. <laughs> wow. Okay, so, you know, I could go on and on, and you can look it up yourself. Just look up Ian McCulloch and um, Bono. But here's what I want to tell you guys. He has made peace with Bono in his own mind. It seems that our um, <laughs> the protagonist... The has uh, wound down in old age a little yes, bit. Yes, he has softened. And uh, he used oh he used to call uh, U2's music music for plumbers and bricklayers, which, hey, man, why not plumbers and bricklayers? I think that's kind of dickish of him. But anyway... But now, guys, I mean, things are things have changed. Um, and he he says in this in this article in the Irish Sun, I guess I guess Adam Clayton, their bassist, was wearing a Bunnyman T-shirt. The bassist for you too. That's yes, that's correct. Was wearing a Bunnyman T-shirt in Liverpool, and um, and then this is so weird to me. So so Ian says Adam is my favorite bass player, and Larry Mullen, the drummer, is great as well. Favorite bass player. I, I get... Know, it's a pretty... <laughs> I think the Adam is sort of unremarkable as far as... Well, that's, that's like... The a, lineup of you two. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the, whole, that's the whole thing. Everyone knows that. But I mean, I mean... And let me just say something right off the bat. I mean, he's cool. I looking. love old U2. Anything like Unforgettable Fire... And before that are some of my favorite albums. Um, so, you know, to summarize, don't like The Doors. I don't like... Who else do I not like? The Beatles. The Beatles, but I love old U2, man. They're, they're great. Yeah, but also, like, uh, I forget that a lot of times in, in the realm of these bands, it's not so much about, like, the creativity or musicality of the musician as it is about, like, kind of the personality and the stage presence. Right. You know, so when yeah. you're like, oh, it's my favorite bass player, it just means like there's a guy, you know, <laughs> bass players are like kind of non-existent. There's a guy the wearing a shirt anyway, of my like, band, so unless he's you're my like, favorite. Yeah, unless, well, unless you're like Getty Lee or Les Claypool or something, the bass players are kind of just another personality on the stage, you know? Right, and totally. So no one really hears them. <laughs> or if you're <laughs> Jocko. All right, listen. He, he says, so Ian McCulloch says, there was probably a little bit of resentment because they were on the rise very quickly. Now, these are two bands, Echo and the Bunnymen and U2. They had a, a similar trajectory. Um, they came out around, I mean, exactly the same time, and they were kind of in competition with one another. He says, I remember looking at the news on the telly, and Bono was there, and I thought, God, what isn't he on? I expected to turn on Blockbusters, and he'd be there hosting it. But it wasn't his fault. And we're still quoting Ian McCulloch. Looking back, we were a very similar band. I saw some recent footage of you 2 playing one live, and Bono was standing still playing the guitar. 
and he was absolutely incredible. And he reminds me of John Lennon. And they, he says, they have songs I wish I'd written, like one. It's one of the best songs I've ever heard, to be honest. And not the version by Johnny Cash. Which is amazing. The version by U2. I don't like either of those songs. I don't like, whatever. But, uh, so, this is a, a like a 180. I mean, a screeching, just like donutting, just spinning out. Just This is a 180. Well, I think 80. it's really healthy for him to kind of come to a place where he can sort of uh, uh-huh. kind of like reconcile his jealousy and, you know, for, because you can't, the, you know, the machinations of the music industry are going to like catapult some people into this kind of like, you know, just all pervasive, omnipresent kind of, you know, administered into everybody's brain sort mm-hmm. of uh thing and yeah. uh and 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 that's not going to happen to every band no matter what i mean you guys so you go back and listen to bands it's like wow those bands were just as good as the beatles or yep. the, you know see and he so he was jealous and this is what i love about ian mcculloch is that he'll talk a bunch of shit but he'll also admit he is wrong right and and completely own that and he's very self-deprecating at times and i just really trust that in a person Definitely. and i love that he's that he's saying the stuff and uh you know he says he was in africa trying to help some situation and he would think to himself you've got to stop this because he was there helping and and i wasn't says ian mcculloch and what were you gonna you learned something about the the whole situation of bono's uh Nonprofits and stuff recently. Do you remember anything? About- oh, you know, I, I just scan the news, and sometimes I end up in these sort of like right-wing rabbit holes just because I'm curious what the you know the enemy is thinking and stuff. And and there's there's a lot of uh, thought that may be accurate about you know. Where's the money going that you two or that or that uh, Bono's taken in or that Sting or, or got that for the or Bob Geldof? You know, like people Bono, people are yeah. very Oof. are critical of those guys because they're like living in these like palatial mansions, and As they, they should be. and they have their uh, and they have these nonprofits and but they also have like offshore you know banking and stuff going yeah, on so a lot of hidden money and you know fucking that, capitalists yeah dicks I'm telling you. So, I mean, well, anyway, I just wanted to give some kind of uh, update, some kind of relevant news regarding this band before we launch into another episode um, that is not entirely about them. But it is, because it's setting a context. Yeah. So oh, with, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's funny. It's about music from Liverpool. Yes. <laughs> Okay, well, on that note, let's just go ahead and get it started. Yeah. Check. Hello. You are listening to. Is there an echo in here? You are. You are listening to. Is there an echo in here? Here. 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 We gotta work on that. We can just say it and echo later. We're back at our usual time, eleven o'clock, and I'm Courtney. And I'm Shane. And this is a podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen, where I take over my 
my husband Shane's studio and talk about Echo and the Bunnymen at length. So we better uh, get on with it. I am so excited and so happy. I laughed and cried this afternoon. I had the day to myself. Uh, Shane took my daughter to a birthday party, and I where had I knew a party. no one and sat on a couch for two hours. It was chill. Yeah, she seemed to have a lot of fun. Oh, it was fun. It was weird. She was younger than the other kids. Um, well, what was I even saying? You were saying that you had, you laughed, you cried, you had the I really day to yourself. Did. Yeah, and I spent it. I was listening. Yeah, having my own party, a party with myself and these bands from Liverpool. And since the last podcast, I have learned so much and I am approaching having a grasp of the city. I mean, not a full grasp, but I'm starting to understand some of its characteristics. And that is all due to the fact that I found a very easy to access video that was made in 1988. Huh. It was on 87. Um, and remember earlier we were talking about how 1988 was the worst year? No. That it was the worst year, and personally and in music. Yeah. But that was also the year Echo and the Bunnymen Why broke was it personally? Up. You were 10 years old. Things on the radio were, I think, I just remember. It was all like, give me the higher love. Oh. Absolutely. Steve Winwood. Yes. I, wanted, I was 10 years old. Winwood. I, what is that, Ashton, the guy? I wanted to hang myself every Ricky time I heard Ashton. that song. Ashton. Oh, me too. <laughs> yes. Hang me the higher love. And then the video would be on. Why was that song on all the time in 1988? I don't know. I mean, along with. so depressing. Oh, it was dark. And then Paula Abdul, that was Bring me atrocious. Love. I was like, it's on again. Yeah, I as a kid, I'm like, what? <laughs> and it turns out that that was the guy in uh, Blind Faith, so he did do something good once. That and then that leads remember. to like a weird, just bad hit single, like 25 years later. Yeah, you know the thing is that we could never access like. Remember how hard it was to find like a VHS tape of any of your favorite musicians doing anything. Yeah. Um, if you look, so this was, okay, so speaking of uncovering things, um, this is something I uncovered this afternoon. It is an episode of The Tube, which is a Channel 4 music show. And this woman, her name is Muriel Gray. She is just such a delight to watch. So, the show's, I want what's everybody, the show called? So, yeah, let me... Liverpool Bands is the title of the YouTube, um, that's the heading on YouTube, Liverpool Bands 1987, and it's by this person, Sunsets, Sunset 77, and there's the an uploader. article, that's the uploader, thank you, the, the person who found this video and uploaded it, and I don't know, what I also find to be really, um, I don't know, personally, when you look it up, and you look at the caption and the comments. I want to watch this whole thing. It's this so good. so cool. Oh, yeah. It is. It was so much fun to watch, and I learned so much. Um, it's only fitting that we're exhausted doing this podcast about Echo and the Bunny Men, right? I've seen some tired interviews of them, too. But I love the comment or the, the caption under this uh YouTube upload that has been written about, and we are just so glad that it still exists. And the caption says, The tube looks at all things Liverpool. Sorry again about the sound. 
I just think that's funny because they're apologizing. I'm one to apologize myself. I want to apologize to the listener for just everything, all of it. I'm just sorry <laughs> for existing. Sunset 7777, you are a person after my own heart. I want you to look at this. So I uncovered all of these bands. There's one woman that I was like, well, let's just do a podcast about her. She's amazing. Cannot find anything about her. I can, I can find out how to like download her albums, and that's about it. Um, so, and it takes you through, does a better job of taking you through the whole Mercy Beat time. I mean, we've got... It's like a, it's like a lost time. Yeah, it know? is. And I it's mean, kind of a lost city. I'm trying to so figure this localized. city out. Yeah. Yeah, it's so localized. And I've, I heard that, you know, Liverpool is always like 13 years behind britain i mean i'm sorry london. behind london so there it takes you through all of the part one here's something else i want you to to just kind of let wash over you and, and kind of let me know your thoughts about because here at the walker art gallery in liverpool was where harry cross from brookside met madge Black magic has me in its spell That old black magic that you need so well I see fingers up and down my spine The same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine The same A very... Almost like beatnik meets kind of showbiz kind of thing going on there. Showbiz kind of thing. Let me tell yeah. you. Um, that was perfectly frank. That was the name of that song was that old black magic. I don't think that is what. I, anyway, so one thing that I noticed about the song when I'm watching um, documentaries or footage. Um, of people in Liverpool is there are all these kind of like lounge singers who can sing really well mm -hmm. like a particular type of music. So right. they'll be like a Tony Bennett type of guy yeah. that's in a bar. Yeah, totally. In Liverpool. <laughs> and oh, there'll yeah. be like a, you know, a woman who can sing just like, I don't know who, Bette Midler, who, whatever. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, um, this guy is, singing his song with some bongos there's no other instruments but some bongos congas actually and bongos <laughs> and his voice acapella practically. acapella he had some bongos some kind of... and he's singing in this like almost trying to do this like frank sinatra kind of crooning vibe i mean he is i doing... mean he's going for it but he's yes. not like it was like a caricature, though. Definitely. Like, there was something a little bit... Um, it was like he was kind of playing at it or something. It's like he was kidding, not kidding, which I feel like is is the whole Liverpool vibe. There's an element of show business here, an element of that's entertainment kind of theater, um, which you see a lot of in Liverpool music. There's a certain kind of 
theatricality that you don't see in Echo and the Bunnymen. Well, or do you? But it's subdued enough. It's subdued. There's not, they're not like cha-cha-cha, you know what I but mean? Considering, like, but compared to a Manchester band, they were really you know, dramatic and psychedelic. Echo was. Echo was. I'm not talking about their sound. I'm talking more about... I'm talking about, not talking about their sound either. Yeah. I'm talking about like their presentation. In those days, even to have like smoke and dry yeah. ice kind of stuff going on was to harken back to the 60s in this... Also, the... Uh, Icy fingers, claw your back. Line remind. There's a there's a Megadeth song with that lyric in it. Uh huh. I found this to, this to be really compelling and. Oh yeah, it's cool. I was surprised by how much I was. But it was very strange. And you know, it's that kind of combining happening. It's very theater. It's almost like this, like Tom Waits ish kind of. And there's a beat like, there's component. There's almost a vaudevillian element to yes, it. Yes. Yes. All right. So next up, this is part. <laughs> This is part three. This part is um, gives us a whole kind of montage of bands that this woman, Nellie, who is a waitress at the Yale Wine... No, Yate... What's the name of this place? Uh. The Yates Wine Lodge. Where, oh, yeah. This is the Waits Wine... <laughs> the Yates... Wine Lodge in no way related to the Black Lodge nor the White Lodge. This is the Yates Wine Lodge. They have wine lodges in the UK. We're going to do a bonus episode and it's called (laughs) What is England slash the UK slash Great Britain slash what's the deal with Wales slash uh, Ireland and Scotland too, please. That's gonna be the name. There's of like the some bonus. other name too. I can't remember. I read this Orwell God. essay talking about like, and in loftier times they called it. They have some other like fancy name. Uh, nope. So right. in this movie, there's this really wonderful part of the the film where this wonderful waitress who works at Yates Winehouse talks about the bands who come in, and then they go into a montage. And this place is like right next door to the rehearsal studios. Yes, that's the deal. So the bands come in and they hang out. Anyway. Um, we are going to play a clip Let's go. of this oh. video that contains a montage of different Liverpool bands. We're going to pause it. You're going to give your impressions and see what you know you're feeling about this town and, okay. and the music. All right. Let's hit it. We're proud of all the kids from next door that really do make it because uh, we've seen them when they've been down and then they've come up. As a matter of fact... Um, a lot of the people in here took them to the heart, really, because we've had punk groups, heavy metal, we've had everything. You name it, we've had it. Wake up, wake up. See, uh, it was very, you know, very vanilla, very light. You know, just it wasn't. China a, crisis is the name of the band. Was not offensive in a way. It was like, wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake and a little up, bit of that up, cheerful, quirky, again, talking head synth, high just singing. Just going for it. Going just for going it. for it. You know, yep. they're just doing their thing. Now this is, of course, a, a quick impression. We're just getting okay. a glimpse. All right. All right. All right. All right here we go. Okay. Okay, okay, that was the Icicle Works. I thought that was the Evangelist. 
No, that's the name of the oh, song. The of the song. Yes. Which has a very almost praise kind of quality to it, like praise music, like that kind of Christian music, and then they got the tambourine it's going there. It's very ethereal and spiritual. Yeah. Yeah, f- and it, it sounds very... Saturated. Yeah, we're already harkening back to the 60s a little bit. Yeah, the beat was definitely mercy beat. And the presentation was a little more 60s with the big coat. But the, the sound was a, a lot more saturated yes. 80s vibes. Um, yeah. But yeah. also kind of saturated in a psychedelic way. In that new psychedelic rock way that you're going to see time and time again. Very posy still, though. Yeah. It still feel, has a very bright kind of feeling to it. Yep. People really like that band. I really like them. Of all the ones that I sampled, that was that was up there for sure. It sounded very Christian rock to me. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, there's this thing in the U.S. called Christian rock. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you, I feel like there's got to be like one of the, the people who listens to this has got to be from overseas. Most of them probably. Yeah. Maybe, Americans, yeah. they're in the grind, man. They don't got time yeah. to care about things no or nor do they all right <laughs> so there is a new one ready you want you look a little perplexed no, like no, no 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 it's good <laughs> it's coming at me fast here i got it it's okay. very okay. It, it's like almost like pre or contemporaneous with i guess because this was 1987 so yeah like very boy george kind of thing going on there because the lead singer looks like a, a look, woman look, a beautiful yeah woman. it looks like boy george kind of yeah and, and punky yeah and punky with the big the big hair and very um, glam very glam there's an elaborate set it's expensive, I feel, for those But things. it's very whimsical. And that's a, a quality that a lot of this music shares is this sort of whimsy and sort of like the production is, um, again, sort of saturated. All right, we're not done. Nice This voice. is Wah Heat. Wah Heat is a, um, one of the crucial three that we'll talk about later connected to Ian and his first quote band we'll discuss him later he's a very gregarious figure okay here we go watch this oh wait this is a uh, elvis, elvis costello. costello he's he was born in london i don't know what he's doing in this list i don't know i mean he just you know he, he's he's also he's he's regional at this point do you want to know something? He's reading. You're about to know something that's going to... Okay. That I'm going to admit up here, like up on the podcast. You don't like Elvis Costello? No, nope, not even that. I thought he was American. Yeah. I just never... I knew I, I, I so could too. not get into his entire... That it just wouldn't have the time and it didn't really capture me and I didn't want to get into his whole People love discography. Him. People love Elvis Costello. I know. Costello. I have good friends and, and he... And I hear songs sometimes, and I'm like, "This is great," but I just know that it's not. What's my so thing. funny about peace, love, and understanding? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the only cool. song I, I know. I, I can't. Know. All right, I'm gonna know nothing. So here he is. All right, let's get back to. Wow. Can I just say that Flock of Seagulls... That was Flock of Seagulls? Yeah. Are you serious? Let me just... Well, first of all, Madonna owes them some licensing, right? And they're from Liverpool? You know, Shane, good for you 
for knowing who's that girl. I, th- I think I could put money who's on. Who's that girl? That had to have been 88. And this is 87 or before when this came out. So you are absolutely right. What's going on with the vibes on that song is what I, I want to know. I can't like the Flock of Seagulls exists sometimes. I just like to just like watch them like, whoa, dude, this Who's is that un- girl? <laughs> Who's that girl? <laughs> but I like when in the video where he's playing Is that a glockenspiel? Vi- uh, what's a glockenspiel? It's like a, it's like a metal, like, it's like a xylophone. It's like a metal oh. xylophone. I think it's electronic. <laughs> okay. Flock of Seagulls. This is what I was going to say before. A lot of these bands in Liverpool are sort of, there's a comedic element to what they're doing almost. At the same time, it's earnest. It's not. It does. It's uh, seems like unselfconscious, unironic, yet kind of quirky, you know. And then also production-wise, like throw in the kitchen sink, you know. Like they they will really like throw in the string section, and then here come like the steel drums, and then like oh, you know, and then here which comes, is something and then you the noticed brass. early on about Echo and the Bunnymen, even though I would say they are not quirky at all. There's an at real. Real absence no, they, of quirkiness. Well, yeah, that's the contrast here. That's why yeah. that's why we're talking about Echo and uh-huh. Bunnymen is like they don't have this show business presentation. Although I know that Ian wanted to be a crooner and whatever, but it's still not not in the sense of like uh, there's an understated know, restraint. There's a restraint and a, and a darkness there, uh-huh. and like and yet their production, yeah, the, the Echo and the Bunnymen production is remarkably like um eclectic in its its instrumentation because that's what you always notice you're like man this is a band that is not afraid to throw in yeah they'll mix anything they'll mix like a marimba with like a you know um i don't know some strings and and uh and then a celeste and uh car horn or whatever you know what i mean they're, they're they're really working with like sonic textures right typically just working with one or two chords but their production is you know there's a lot of trial and error going on in there and a lot of layering and adding and subtracting and we will to, talk all yeah. about how those albums are made and they sound like a nightmare to me um the production least. sounded like a nightmare well no 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 the the <laughs> The story of making porcupine right, right, right. sounds like so grueling and just tedious. It's a lot of work, and, honestly. You, oh, I mean, I if you want to, that's you can tell. That's why they sound perfect. They put the work in, man. That yeah. stuff takes time, and you can go in there and throw in the kitchen sink, or and but if you don't know how to edit or you don't have a high standard, you know, it's just gonna sound like you know tortured fabric you know you you don't want to torture the fabric so you know. did they edit did they have a high standard i don't know or maybe they were just or maybe they were just magic. got it magic they just it just came out fully formed like the first time um that's possible i don't know i mean maybe so well, we'll find out won't we when we talk at length about that yeah so let's keep moving let's keep pushing with the all right, that was orchestra maneuvers in the dark. I like how he's got to say, like, you know, 
But I noticed that particular song is very sock hoppy in a way. Like yeah. uh, almost has this, if you strip away all the crazy keyboard stuff. But this, but this particular song, there's a lot of ear candy happening. But the chord progression and the melody is actually very, sounds like, um, like just 1950s sock hop kind of yeah. vibe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's, there is like a, it has this retro quality. They were, they're good. Yeah, I like that one. I know. Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark. I had their greatest hits and it was... Greatest hits? I had their greatest hits too. How many? I, it was the same. You got to call it pink. the best of. It's the best of when you don't have any hits though, right? They had hits. What's their hit? I told you already. Which one? If you the... Oh, that's a great song. Uh, see? And they had others, what others? that you, I can't remember, but you might re- okay. recognize. I, I reckon it's nice, like two or what three. Song, what movie was that from? Pretty in Pink. I don't think I ever saw that. I think we already had this conversation. Okay. Let's keep going. I don't know. Who's this? This is uh, Lotus Eaters. Ready? That's that super like clean cut. Um, Good clean boys. You know that crowded oh. house kind of thing. You know. Oh, I thought that that seemed so wholesome. It was so wholesome, but it also seemed like a direct, you know, rip off of like. So here you go. Are you ready for this? Well, those are some good, clean boys. This is, I, I believe, like. this is Paul Rutherford that we're about to hear. Ready? Okay. All right. All right. right. They, uh, there we go. There you go. That, my friends, most all of you already know. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Relax, don't do that. Well, Paul Rutherford is an original. I mean, he is a punk. He is in a band called, um, what are they called? Jesus. Not Split Ends. They're called Jesus. No, I always get them confused. The the Spitfire Boys. It's sad that I get them confused with (laughs) the first Crowded House band, I think. I'm. Let me tell you, I'm a little. I'm a little loopy. It's approach. It's midnight. It's ten after midnight. What's his name? Um, Paul Rutherford. Yes, and he is. He was in a band with Budgie, called the Spitfire Boys. Paul Rutherford, not Michael. Okay. Yes, but is Paul related to Michael Rutherford? Oh, I don't know. Who is also British? But Rutherford is probably a common British name. Yes. Michael Rutherford. Is that he is a founding member guitarist and uh stayed in the band Genesis uh. through the Prague years with Peter Gabriel into the pop years. Oh, with all like the way a... I can't dance vibes like wow. yeah, Michael Rutherford. But I don't know if he's related to Paul related. Rutherford. I don't know. But they're British also. Well, both British, same last name. I mean it's relevant in a way. Alright. We I can't do it. We have to get back. Mike I know, Rutherford. I know many, but there are many listeners perhaps who would rather talk about Genesis all night, but we can't. No, all right? they wouldn't. Listen. They're not here for that. All right, Black. That guy's that called, band. that white guy's called Black. <laughs> and I want to say... That there was a really mm. distinct Art Garfunkel quality, I think, to yeah. his delivery and look, you know. Beautiful the, tenor. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, now. Black. <laughs> yes. Now this one really kind of blew my mind. These are some, these are some treasures, all right? Listen. This must be The so, Christians. That was a band called the Christians. They really give some airtime to the Christians. They did. In this, I think. And I tell you, they, uh, it was like a proto sort of like boys to men thing going on wow. there. Yeah. Some of but, those. But boys to men. Yeah, we had. ABC, BBD, the East Coast mm. family. <laughs> mm. okay. I mean, I can go down that. We can go down that. We can take a left it's turn right so here. so to say goodbye to yesterday. My favorite part. And I went, and then they all come in. Okay. All right, back to it. Get up. Wake up. We're almost at the end here. Hang with us, guys. All right, this band has a good sound. They were called, what's going on? That band was called, what were they called? Immaterialist. They had a weird, it's, it's, it's immaterial. Oh, it's immaterial. That's the name of the band. The song was called Rope. To me, it had a very James quality to it. Well, that, and which has a little bit of that traditional. Traditional Irish kind of vibe. We think it's Irish. They're probably like. British. That's Scottish, you idiot. But. Weird. Sorry. Sorry. Where do you know? Rootless cosmopolitans here. We're curious and enthusiastic. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that 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 music had it just like all around sounded nice. Well, I liked it so much that I kind of wanted to play this one for you. This band. Same band. Because it's so strange. It is a strange band. Listen to this. like Laurie Anderson. Yeah. But look at the people dancing. It also reminds me of... John Laurie. Yeah. But also... The Red House Painter guy. Oh, yeah. Mark Kotzelik. Yeah. So, I like that, too. But do you want to know who my... Well, are we done? It's immaterial. It's immaterial. Yes, it is. But do you want to hear my favorite? What we're trying to do is give you the scene here. Give you a feel. These are the contemporaries the surrounding that surrounding thing. That were, you know, around at the same time as... And so I think, I don't know, the best, the clearest way to sum it up is in this brief portion of the interview where... Uh, Muriel Gray interviews some fucking schmuck. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Where Muriel Gray interviews a man who appears 
to look like a Stray Cat's rockabilly, too cool for school kind of guy. And she asked him to explain. I'll just let her speak for herself. Kind of, they got compared to the Pet Shop Boys. Who did? It's a material. Oh, that makes sense. That's a good comparison. Like. Well, yeah, Voyage of Discovery, we've been driving about for miles. But I mean, I don't think we have discovered what it is that makes people in Liverpool really tick and make them so talented. I'm here now and I'm in the city and I can feel that it's a really special city. But I can't put it into words. I can't. You're Liverpudlian, Andy. Can you put it into words? No. <laughs> oh, good thing then. <laughs> so then he just walks away. They can't put it into words either. If you can put it into words, you're the listener. Please write us at uh, when we have our... You mean they couldn't put in the words what they had just surveyed? Yeah, she like was what like, we just I went can't, through? Yeah, what we, she's, well, all of it. There's more to this because let me show you my favorite it's so discovery. Weird. It's like I've it, discovered someone. Everything also, can I just say, is so dorky though. Do you know what I mean? There's like an earnest, but like kind of like, like, but in a, in a, in a very endearing kind of way, because no one's like, no one seems too cool for school. You know, like there's just, everyone's kind of. That's what I like wrote down. It's like earnest and theatrical and irreverent, but it's not ironic exactly. And it's very emotive and naive in a way yeah just it's naive it's what does that remind you like what city are we talking about here how what can we compare it to in the u.s city? but you know like i think of like the scene in st louis you know which is very like uh, yeah. has a very you know they're like an island in, out there in the and uh you know you have this kind of like almost almost insular but enthusiastic like you know melting pot of uh of different bands and stuff that are all doing things seriously, but they're kind of like with all within, I don't know, within that environment, there's, there's, um, something unique to it. Well, we did it. We did it. We did it, but I haven't played you my favorite. Yeah. You can't, you're not getting out of here yet. I have to play you my favorite discovery. Well, first of all, let's finish off and see who this, this guy is. This is the band that Pete DeFritos joined temporarily when he was kind of estranged from the Bunnymen guys. This is what's this the is band? Some, the Sex Gods. Those, um, these are the Sex Gods. But I want to tell you about my favorite discovery. Okay, this is for real. This is what I came here for. It's so wonderful. Shane's on his phone. I'm looking up music relevant to what we're doing here. Okay, so on part two, which is my favorite part of the series, there is uh, this woman. She has several names, Brenda Kinney, Brenda Ray, and the name of this project is Brenda and the Beach Balls. And, um, all right, here she is. 
Brenda and the Beach Balls. So there is this band of kind of, you know, what seems to be British boys in an overcoat on top of a double-decker bus. And there's this woman with such presence playing that tambourine and... I love the mixed gender aspect of the post-punk era, you know? It's not perfect, but it's something. So I love this. Very cool. Very um, very almost like New York's yeah soul jazz vibe label. Uh, yeah, stuff. like no yeah no yeah. wave and uh, again the pop primitivism. And she also does this you know kind of dub abstraction stuff. But this will blow your mind. Okay. Brenda Ray, we're Playing looking melodica. at a, a melodica called Walada. Hell yeah. Very cool. So it's a dub record yeah, that she, she released in 2006. Absolutely. That makes sense. And it's I like can't bedroom, find her. straight up. Yes. Ab- yeah. I am going to start the process of... Checking her out. Yeah. People like her, right? You're right. 10,000... 10,000 views in the I can't find years. any info about her. I'm like, there's, there's a few articles. There's a bunch of projects she's associated with. Nafi... Nafi, N-A-F-F-I. So check her out. That's amazing stuff. I am so glad that I didn't give up on the Liverpool scene because I'm I'm really excited. But I will say this. I um, love you. Love you too, Shane. I, I wanted to give everyone just a context for... This band's These existence. These are the waters we're swimming in. They're eel in Liverpool. In, they're eel-infested waters. Eel infest. These are the eel-infested waters of the Mercy. Yes. Mercy, mercy, mercy. We should go ahead and put that cannonball out early. Well, on. yeah, that's the thing that we didn't talk about. Is you know a lot of the R and B that led into you know that was kind of being listened to by. The pioneers of Mercy Beat, but we will because we're going to talk about the guy who opened that club, Eric's. And he's the guy who's like a tastemaker in the 60s, and he was the one who fell in love with R&B, and we're going to take his whole All right. uh, stance on it. But we've got to go to bed. Let's do it. Let's oh, Wait, wait. No, we have to close this oh, thing God. out. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> now, you have been listening to Is, Is there, there an, an Echo, echo in Stay tuned next week, and we will, for sure, Ian will be born by then. We're getting to him. Yeah. We, we're He's just a twinkle in our eye right now. Well, we just wait. And the other ones, too. 
Oh. That's Shane's uh, rendition of Thorn of Crowns. Thank you, good night. Uh-huh.